Hey folks, welcome, one and all, to episode number 31 of our Kids Asleep. Let's see how this is going to fare. How are you, wife? I'm good. Pretty good? Mm-hmm. What have you been up to lately that I don't know about mm. <laughs> since All you're with me? All sorts of stuff. Really? Just binging, binging a bunch of stuff on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... We wanted to make this a very special episode because uh, it's all about Disney Plus right now, and we're going to be grateful for two things this time around. Maybe a third one, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. Disney Plus is life. It It is life. We are so, so plugged in. We're kind of like uh, the bears with totes. Tote yeah, life. Tote life. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's going to get Nobody that has, reference. It, it doesn't matter. Brad and Teresa will get that reference. Yeah. Shout out. Sick shout out over there. So let's talk about Disney Plus. What in the hell is going on with this great service that unleashed was unleashed upon us last week? It's pretty great. Has it only been a week? It's only been a week. Yeah, it came out like the last 12th. Tuesday. Yeah. Jeez. Well, maybe three weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, it was the beginning really? of November. It's like oh, almost God. December, baby. Yeah. So hey, <laughs> behind the times, you know, we we have shit to do. We're working working yeah. people. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on there. It's it's overwhelming, honestly. Yeah. So first... first first reactions though. You you tell me when you first set it up because mm-hmm. you couldn't wait. You got up early. <laughs> you got the thing taken care of. Well, when I said I set it up at like six o'clock in the morning and it wasn't working well, which I actually heard a lot of people had issues with early on in the day. Yeah. Um, so I just set it up, I got logged in and then I kind of tried it and I was like, well, this isn't working. So I thought I, I was having the thought that maybe it's like a traffic issue. Um, yeah, probably. So I just let it go, went to work like an adult and, uh, <laughs> got home that night and it was working fine. So unfortunately we didn't get to choose the first thing we watched on Disney plus our son did, <laughs> which was actually fine. He chose the Muppets movie. The original which is one. which is a solid thing to it's start out movie. with, yes. Um, but what were you most excited about? What was the thing that was really reeling you in to Disney Plus? There's a few things. So the the big one is the fact that Disney movies are not they're not really easy to get a hold of. Um, Hard to come by, especially That's right. like in Blu-ray form. I guess it's gotten a little bit easier, but they sort of had this vault system where they would they would release something like an older one like sleeping beauty or one of the ones that aren't easy to get a hold of and they would release it from the vault quote unquote Mm -hmm. and you could buy it for a limited amount of time and then it would go back in the vault and heaven help you trying to find it not you know for anything under 90 Mm dollars and actually i i just wanted to interject for a moment but you know what i just realized this as you were saying this what if disney was essentially waiting until Netflix had it all figured out with streaming mm-hmm. so that they could take the model and just put in their own stuff. Like ever since Netflix came out, I, I bet you that Disney saw that and they're like, we got, we got to get on that. We yeah. got to do that. So everything that was happening up until this point, you know, the acquiring of these properties was this long form kind of commitment to the streaming world. Mm-hmm. Like they knew exactly what they were going to do. And this, this, implementation of their streaming service was like the payoff of like decades of work if that were the case i think they would have rolled it out a little more smoothly like Mm. if they had really paid attention to netflix would they have left out the continue watching category (laughs) like that's a huge part of what makes netflix great i i just remember you being quite upset when you realized that wasn't a thing yeah it was just like well how am i supposed to 
Why isn't it all in one? Why do Why do I have to tell it? <laughs> why come? I'm, now that I'm saying it out loud, it sounds absurd. No, but it's, it's nice. It's a great feature. It's a, it's a good feature, and you don't really realize that you need it or that you want it until it's not there. Uh-huh. And then you're like trying to find the movie you were, you know, you were watching previously, and you have to go searching for it again. Right. Um. But anyway, so the the main a big reason I wanted Disney Plus was easier access to the entire catalog of Disney movies um, for our son. You know, like we had a we had a fair amount of Disney movies on on DVD, but there's a lot of them that we didn't have, you know, and it's really nice. It's super nice to have them all in one place. And I tell you what, for for me, obviously, there's a huge connection to the Disney movies and a lot of those those franchises. We just talked about The Little Mermaid and how much of an impact it was. We've talked about Aladdin. We've talked about the cornerstone movies of, of the 90s, which is, you know, we're 90s kids. Mm-hmm. Can't run away from it. But when I saw that they were going to have The Simpsons, mm-hmm. I legit fainted a little bit. All I think 30 I, seasons. All of them. And That's insane. To see it, because the I think it was the first night or second mm-hmm. night when it was just you and me getting to actually play with the, with the application and see what was in there. To actually see all of those seasons and in particular go back to those episode names that looked so familiar and, and just gave me such a warm feeling mm-hmm. of, of comfort. Like, And that's the thing about Disney Plus is it's not just Disney. It's Fox Properties. It's right. uh, Marvel. It's Pixar. It's National Geographic, which is weird. I, don't, I didn't know Disney yeah, owned that. And I do, I do wish that... Uh, <laughs> That I could, I had that Jeff Goldblum feeling when he was seeing the dinosaurs for the first time, and he went, "You did it, mm-hmm. you crazy son of a bitch, you did it." <laughs> that was that was just a moment of magic, and mm-hmm. we also have to talk about a, a show including a certain Jeff Goldblum. But mm-hmm. I'll leave you to talk about the one that really uh, took you off your feet. Yeah. There. So, um, like you said, I'm a '90s kid, early aughts kid. And a Disney show, so a lot of the Disney original movies uh, I was brought up on, you know, like, and a lo- all of them are on there. Johnny Tsunami, Brink, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, <laughs> like, all those movies are on there. But I haven't watched any of those yet. Was it but Smart House? Smart House. Smart House is yeah, on like there. Yeah, like, all the Disney original movies. Uh, and the big yes. one, the big show that we watched as kids was called Even Stevens. And it's like Shia LaBeouf's breakout. He was a Disney kid. And that show is so good. <laughs> it holds up, man. I like it. I still like it. They captured some of that um, angst. Is that what it is? I don't is? know. Or... I just think he he was a funny kid. And my brothers and I just got such a kick out of that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I've been watching that kind of slowly making my way. There's only three seasons, which is Are so, you serious? yeah, it's so funny because uh. when you're a kid, you just think there's just endless episodes of a show and yeah. you have no concept. We had no concept, you know, watching it on like normal TV, you had no concept of the delineations of a TV show. Right. Like, and you, you also had to wait. Like, yeah. It was just whenever it was on, you watched it, you know, and you uh-huh. had your favorite episodes that they would play and you would hope they would play it, you know. And it's like, oh, no, I've seen this episode like 40 yeah, times. Yeah, I don't like this one or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like clear, like, oh, this is season one. This is season two. And there were only three seasons of that show, which is really funny to me. But yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that one was a big one that 
I don't think anybody else is excited about, but I was super excited about. I think about. you'd be surprised. It seems to have My a brothers really are good excited following. about it. <laughs> uh, the one show that caught me off guard, well, I guess it's the flagship, but me being a, a not really a big Star Wars follower, mm. but, uh, you know, a fan of the, the films. Oscar's just losing his shit. He's I'm sorry. He's looking for it. He's yeah, looking he's, for the for the mouse. In preparation for the episode, we decided to put away one of Oscar's toys because he was just chasing it around. He hasn't stopped for about three days now. He's obsessed. He found this mouse and he's losing his mind at all hours of the day and night. So we figured... Um, we hid we, it. We hid it away for a while we're doing this, but he's he's now looking he's through your stuff He's going to be upset. It. Yeah. We better wrap this up here soon. If not, he's going to get, he's going to start lashing out. We haven't cut his nails either. So he's going to be crazy. But The Mandalorian was a show that I wasn't really expecting much of. A lot of the fan base was really excited about it. They were ready. They were hyped. John Favreau was putting it together. What did you do, Oscar? It didn't take long. Yeah. Go away. He's going to go up on the filing gonna, camera. Are you serious? Where did you put it? It's in that little drawer. Oh, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he can smell it. Mm -hmm. But The Mandalorian has been such a kick-ass show that I just need to give it a shout out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't interested as I'm not interested in anything anymore. But when it comes at me the way that The Mandalorian did, I was really taken aback. And full of wonder once again. Yeah, I kept seeing ads for it and I would just not watch it. Like I didn't watch, I wouldn't watch the trailer. And then eventually I was like, okay, like Jesus Christ, they're really pushing this one. Mm -hmm. So I watched the trailer and we watched it together actually. And as soon as we both saw Werner Herzog, we were like, <laughs> oh. oh man, this is legit. This is street cred right here. Yeah. And I have to say it's like three episodes in and it's really engaging. Yeah. It's really good. I think that. Uh, and and I've spoken with with some of my coworkers about this who who've been watching the show too. The notion of having these kinds of amazing supporting characters in the Star Wars universe that are not beholden to the main trilogy in a way gives the creator so much freedom to do something unique and refreshing that that you can't really touch with the trilogies. And I've said this in in previous episodes before. The new trilogies, I, I'm not, I'm like, uh, you know, it's okay. It's, it's just a thing. A mild continuation of, of what came before, but with the offshoots, they're starting to get really clever about just playing with the universe. And it's, it's been really exciting to see. Mm -hmm. And of course, it has great direction, great casting, and it's executed really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. So now we're in episode three, mm -hmm. and uh, that one's the best one yet. Yeah, it was really good. I think they're going to have about a couple more, like five more, for the first season. Yeah. I don't know. I we'll have, have no to idea. we'll have to take a look. But so far, rave reviews for The Mandalorian probably uh, one of my favorites next to Rogue One in terms of the offshoots. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that you guys should go out and watch it right away, right now. I think it'll be interesting to see what other kind of original content Disney Plus comes up with. Like, mm -hmm. I know they, there's a couple, like, original movies on there. There's one with Anna Kendrick. It's a Christmas movie. Really? Yeah. With Anna and, Kendrick? Uh-huh. It's called Noel. And there's another one, like, another show that's Oh, original. for a second, I thought you were thinking of the one on Netflix with uh, um, The Night, and you always keep making oh, jokes no, about no, no, how no. he's going to die young. Ugh. 
God. <laughs> What's that one called? Uh, it's uh, a night before Christmas. The night, but K- with a K. Yeah, Kenny. JK. Ugh, gross. LOL. If your case you're curious, it's about a a it's night a- <laughs> <laughs> from medieval times that somehow gets uh, transported into 2019, and Vanessa Hudgens hits him with her car. Yeah. And she takes him to the hospital and romance ensues. Nice. And I said, wouldn't it be more interesting if he forces her to go back to the whatever the fuck he's from, the 1300s, (laughs) and she has to try to figure that shit out. Well, I just love it. You you always have a quip for any time that we see that preview, like we scroll past it and you're like... Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if they actually showed it the way that it would have happened? Like, if he comes back in time and then dies, like, two weeks later because Yeah, of, he's got, like, smallpox or yeah, something. Yeah, he's got no immunity, yeah, immunities exactly. to the diseases. He'd be dead in a minute. Yeah, fuck that guy. And then she'd go it's back, over. and then if it was reversed, she'd go back and she'd get the plague. That's it's what fine. would happen. It's fine. Love is hard. Anyway. Love is rough. Disney Plus. Um, it's great. Can we talk, talk for a moment about Jeff Goldblum's new show, oh, yeah. which I just really wanted to interject once again. I'm sorry. What a delightful, life-affirming show. The world according according to Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah, and you you never really. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is a is quite a character, very outlandish and amazing. (laughs) He's so weird. You get the full the full dose of Jeff Goldblum in this show, and it's so much fun. I can't even. And he explained it so well too. Like his style is very much. He's a beatnik. Mm -hmm. He's a poet. He's yeah. he's making connections as he goes. He's unfiltered, and it's like everything mm. about his character, his performances, his demeanor makes sense now. And I'm so stupid; it was right there in front of me. <laughs> he's a he's a jazz musician, yeah. so all of his it's all improv his temperament is yeah yeah. He's just kind of yeah. enjoying life and being very uh, very glorious about it. He's very funny. Uh, he I really enjoyed the the sneakers episode mm-hmm. that they did. Uh, where he goes to the sneaker convention, there's some kind of shady dealing happening, and uh, uh, just a, just a lot of great observations that you you just get to see the world through his lens, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a blast. Yeah. That's my recommendation from Disney Plus right now. Mm-hmm. Go check out the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it's cool, man. I feel like we haven't even like breached the surface of yeah. what's on there. We'll we'll come back to it. Um, but I had the thought the other day, like, what happens when the nostalgia wears off? Is it still going? Do you think it's still going to hold the the magic that it did initially? I believe so because those movies have lasted. Yeah. You know, throughout the the medium of delivery, right? And I guess the the platform itself isn't what's inducing nostalgia it's just making it accessible the nostalgia has always been there yeah it's just now it's easy to but you also consider is the nostalgia is the hook but what keeps people in is going to be marvel and star wars and the new properties that are keeping everyone excited right now because if you think about it they already have more movies coming down the pipe down the pike uh, with uh, all of the new marvel movies and with the established universes, they'll keep, you know, they'll keep building. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and people our age, which is who it's targeted to. Let's be, let's be clear here. It's not targeted to kids. Yeah. Um, it's convenient to have it if you have a kid, but a lot of people our age, if they don't already have kids, will have kids or might have yeah. kids. And so having that catalog of Disney movies at your disposal is a very uh it's an invaluable parenting tool <laughs> well if you recall the day it was announced 
we took our son like he was no consideration like there was no thought about him when we were <laughs> getting disney plus we saw holy shit the simpsons are on there let's yeah. get it right now yeah and that was like half a year ago or something well like i that. had i'd read like lists it's like what's going to be on disney plus here's the complete list and i would like look down the list and i'm like how is this possible right how could this it's all be in one place it's a cloud of i won't believe it until i see it <laughs> Yeah, but we we were pretty excited about it. Now, probably um, if we don't get a chance to talk about it, um, I did enjoy bed knobs and broomsticks mm. as a kid. And how did you feel about it as an adult? We never really talked about it. It was funnier than I thought. It mm. had a, a lot of great little one liners, and I I had completely forgotten, or maybe I had no awareness that the movie took place during World War II. Yeah, that's the thing that caught me off guard right at the beginning. I'm like. What? That must have been a common thing for movies around that time. Because Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was set in that same or similar time period. Mm -hmm. It was World War I, not World War II. And that was around the 60s too, wasn't it? Like 60s or 70s? It was World War they When they made that movie? Which one? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, it was around the same time. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I think that it, it probably got – they were removed enough. Sorry, that was me. Was they me. were removed enough – from the war oh, that it was both of us it was a group text yeah <laughs> damn it brenda it's my sister mm-hmm. messing with the podcast uh where they kind of started to look back on what actually happened and i yeah. think they were trying to to create some more context around it in in the entertainment world mm-hmm. but did you watch that movie in spanish yeah or, okay yeah. Yeah, um, we did have a lot of movies that uh, my parents videotaped for us in, mm-hmm. in in English, and then when we moved back to Mexico, then that's what we lived on mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I can't remember exactly what movies we had. Mm-hmm. I might have to consult with my sister because she remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bedknobs and Broomsticks was just this weird, fuzzy memory in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I just remembered um, the flying, uh, the, the bed. flying bed, mm-hmm. and the little boy who took like the the thing, the knob. yeah, the knob mm-hmm. off of the the bed, and then it got all fucking trippy. And I yeah. just remember very seventies, very LSD. Yeah magic happening it was better than i remembered it being that's yeah. a long movie it's like yeah. a two-hour <laughs> movie i was like this is a yeah. disney movie but, from, but it didn't feel that long honestly I, when i was watching it, it felt kind of long <laughs> <laughs> i but i to be fair i was waiting to get to the underwater part because that's the part i remember yeah and I, I had forgotten that the uh the dad from mary poppins mm. played the yeah. um the magician mm-hmm. the the doctor and <laughs> You realize that they followed that template still, you know. Yeah, I think very they, formulaic. They were trying to identify the Walt Disney uh, live action and animated film hybrids, so there were still those elements from like Mary Poppins, where they were introduced to this new world, and then with the magic, it, it kind of led them to the animated world. They mm-hmm. found those those moments where they could create that kind of interaction with the animations. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of an, an interesting parallel that they hadn't really moved away from i'm always pretty astounded at the the technological i don't know just the technology they had back then and how they made it work like well when you ask me how how do they do that what's the animation well babe (laughs) 
it was one animator who got yeah. saddled with trying with re like drawing over mm-hmm. the wires of the actors as they were hanging from the ceiling. Oh yeah, I asked you how do they they're because they're clearly using wires to do this dance sequence. How did they how did they get rid of the wires back then if they didn't have computers? And you yeah. said frame by frame <laughs> with a pen <laughs> like or a, a paint drawing. or something. Yeah, exactly, they, <laughs> they would, would just, just paint over paint it. Paint over it. Yeah, it's crazy. Because uh, if I remember correctly, when they were shooting Mary Poppins uh, in the scene where the the old man is floating because mm-hmm. he's laughing too in hard, the bank, uh-huh. yeah, they they shot that in a like a black stage uh-huh. so that they could overlay the animation oh. around him. So as as the action is happening, they're pretty much drawing every every frame mm-hmm. is getting drawn. Mm. Onto onto uh, his actions, so wow. yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot of beautiful things long, happening back so then. So, how long do you think Bed Knobs and Broomsticks took to like a movie like that? Did it take like that twice shit took as years? Long? I mean, yeah. I I can imagine those movies taking like three or four years. Yeah. Um, unless I mean, there was no regulation for you know the need to sleep or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. anything like They're that. Just like you live here now. Maybe they did it in two. I don't. You know. You have no families anymore. <laughs> you you are the property yeah. of Walt Disney now. But I. I <laughs> no, like, that was back in the 40s, not yeah, the 70s. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, it's an undeniable uh, achievement mm-hmm. that what they did back then is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think it's just because I didn't watch that movie as much, but it, it's not my favorite. But it was uh-huh. kind of fun to look back on it. And I think it was like a, for for my family, that was like a less impressive Mary Poppins. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, we were just like, eh. because the audience could clearly see it. it's like, oh, look, they're doing the thing mm-hmm. and now they're going to go underwater and, and yeah. you know, dance with the fucking octopus drummer mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they they learned quickly that they couldn't really do the same yeah. type of, of thing. Yeah. Because um, didn't they have another one where where they had animation as well? The Apple Dumpling Gang, I'm pretty sure. The one with Song Don, of the, the South, the, too, the one you know, with, like they, oh, I never saw that one, but Don, I remember, I think it was the Apple Dumpling Gang, the one with Don Knotts. No, where he's a fish. What one is that? What Don Knotts is a fish? Yeah, I can't remember. I might be misremembering that. The Apple. Don Knotts is in the Apple Dumpling Gang, but I can't remember if that's the one where he's a fish. It's a 1975 film. After three poor orphans are sent to live with gambler Russell Donovan, they discover they have actually inherited a large fortune from their dead father. Soon, a series of greedy, undesirables show up. They try to get their hands on the money, so in order to keep things uncomplicated, the kids decide to give their inheritance to a lovable outlaw duo, Theodore and Amos. That's Don Knotts and Bill Con- Tim Conway, excuse mm-hmm. me. But there is only one problem. The gold is locked away in a bank vault. Hmm. Huh. We should watch that. I think I watched that as a kid. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. I never well, saw anyway, that movie growing up. There but... was a few movies where uh, Pete's Dragon's another one where they used um, Did live action. Did you guys see that? I, we haven't, I haven't with watched our, it with yet. With our son? But, not yet. Um, mostly because I don't want to sit through the opening number again. <laughs> Maybe we'll just fast forward. It's not... Okay. It's... So Peach Dragon is about, they remade it recently. I haven't seen the remake, but mm. it's about a boy who, I don't even remember the whole story. Anyway, he, somehow he has a dragon. I don't remember how that <laughs> happened, but the dragon is animated and the rest of the movie is live action. What do you hate about that first song? 
I don't hate it. It's just kind of annoying. Like it's 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 a musical from the seventies, you know. Like it's just kind of. It was a sour note on a, an otherwise it's, excellent it's musical. A, well, it's a. I don't really remember the movie that much. I just know we watched it a lot. Um, but that opening number is. It's you just, can just say I, that I it sucks. You can just no. And this is the thing. Like I don't. I don't hate all musicals, but I hate a lot of musicals. <laughs> so some musical numbers just don't hit me right. But um, anyway, I do want to watch that one because I think mm. our son would like it. But but yeah, anyway, there's a lot of good ones, like good old timey ones. Yeah. So but. please let us know what your favorites were when you first got Disney Plus. Yeah. What are you guys we would watching? Like to hear. Please let us know. At Email our, us at yeah. ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. Ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. Use the subject line Disney Plus. Yes. We would love to hear from you, friend. Friends. <laughs> Remember? So what are, you, uh, what are you drinking right now? Um, I think it's Pinot Grigio. I don't know. You poured it. Yeah. It's the, the remainder it of the Pinot Grigio. Then we're going to save some rosé for the weekend Ooh. for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is coming up. As a brief interlude, interlude, interlude. <laughs> we wanted to um, we wanted to take a moment to be grateful and to say thank you to the handful of folks who have been listening to this wonderful experiment, this awesome podcast. We really, really enjoy doing this. I don't know about you, but I yeah, do. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's been a, a great year, and uh, as we come to a close. I just wanted to say that I am very, very grateful for the support. Yeah. And I'm also grateful for my family. I'm grateful for cookies. <laughs> uh, I'm really not grateful that I have no self-control and uh, I eat them all in one sitting. Well, this is the time of year to have no self-control. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to turn my life around uh, next week. <laughs> next week is the week. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what are you grateful for? Uh I'm grateful for, well, you just said all the stuff I was going to say. It's it's okay. Just she, repeat everything. Like, yeah, ditto. <laughs> all that stuff. No, I'm grateful for uh, our pieces of shit, cats, and my family. And some wine. Both nuclear and extended. Yeah. And, my uh, idiot husband. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh it's okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just wanted to have a, a little moment before we moved on to the last withdrawal of the night because don't we uh, don't we have a bone to pick? The last with the what of the night? Withdrawal. The withdrawal that you're having with the show that just oh. ended. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we watched. Um, we just finished the show Shit's Creek on Netflix. And this has been kind of a surprise, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, my, my mom had been suggesting it for a while, and we finally just sat down and, and we watched it. And I wouldn't say it was an instant love affair. Like, I feel like it took us a little while to get invested. It was a slow burn at the beginning mm -hmm. where initially when we talked about it, we, we made the comment that it will take a little bit to grow on you. And we were only like four or five episodes in at the mm -hmm. time. And I think that the bond between the show and the and the viewer exponentially starts getting getting bigger and you you find yourself committing more uh emotionally to these people that uh, I almost I was thinking about that I wonder if that was almost intentional 
because they're not likable characters when yeah. you first meet them. I think that's so, true. So for, for those of you who don't know, um, Schitt's Creek is a, uh, a television show about a family, uh, the Rose family, who they're extremely wealthy. But in the first episode, like the very first scene, their house is being seized or the things in their house are being yeah. seized by the IRS um, because of some shady dealings. Their accountant just yeah. ran off with all their money. Um, and they have nothing and except for this one, a town that they bought as a joke, as a joke. <laughs> yeah. A and that's their ago. only asset. And so they are forced, um, from their home and they have to go move to Shits Creek, which is the name of the town. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just essentially just about them. Initially it's about them trying to figure out how to get out of this situation and as the show evolves, you sort of see them realizing that this might be where they are for well, a while. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they know that yet, even no, at this definitely point. Not. But the the interesting thing is that you you find yourself starting to root for them and, mm-hmm. and you see them incrementally sort of growing into that community. And it's it's so fun because we just finished the um was it the fifth season? Mm-hmm about a week ago and just a couple of days back we started watching the beginning of the show and that's when it was like night and day we realized holy shit look at how far they came yeah how far they they developed into into this community and i thought that was so sweet and and the show really won me over mm-hmm. i thought it was a. Uh, I'm missing it because that was our, our tradition you know like we would come home tired as hell and we just wanted to sit down and watch a funny show mm-hmm. and we miss those characters they're they're wonderful yeah and even you know it's it's a funny show but it's the heart yeah it has a lot of heart it, it, it does um and that's initially not um not apparent yeah but it becomes it just grows like the heart yeah. of the show grows as the family sort of integrates into the community. Yeah. And I did want to make a comment that I brought up to um, to you a couple of days back too, was that Eugene Levy is always playing sort of like the shtick, the, the side character supporting character with a lot of like character work, that, that sort of behavior. But in this show, I just realized that he gets to be the straight man mm-hmm. for everyone around him. And it's such a surprise for him. He has some great moments, but he is sort of the, the you know, the straight man anchor to mm-hmm. whatever comedy is happening all around. And it's, it's kind of funny mm-hmm. in, in its own, in its own way. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty um, awesome. And the revelation that is his son, Dan yeah. Levy as David Rose. Yeah. He's pretty hilarious. Yeah. We He's, quote him all the time. David, David Rose <laughs> is the son. Um, and he's just, God, he's so funny. Yeah. And there's a meme. He's memed a lot <laughs> on the internet. And the big one is, um, it's funny because it's not even his line. It's his sister's line or his mother. It's usually one or the other that's saying it. Yeah. But he'll say something and his sister or his mother will go, ew, David. <laughs> it's usually something like, I don't know, he tells Alexis to get a real job or something. And she, you know. She just goes, ew. She's disgusted by that yeah. concept. 
So now our texts are, are a combination of ear Davids yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But it's a it's been a very, very sweet show. We miss it terribly. We only have to wait one month mm-hmm. or so. For, the, for can, the last season. Yeah, we will find a way to see it. Yeah. We will. It's a Canadian show, so it, it airs on Canadian TV, but it also airs on a, an obscure cable network <laughs> called Pop TV, because it's the only American network that would take a show with an expletive in the title. <laughs> um, and I actually read an article about that, that they, they tried to... they they. They pitched it to a lot of American networks, mm-hmm. but none of them wanted a show with shit in the title. That's so stupid. And Dan and Eugene Levy were like, no, it's a legitimate last name. They actually brought a Canadian phone book and they showed them all the shits in the Canadian phone <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah. And they were like, this is a real surname in Canada. And yeah, none of them took it except this one pop TV. So... That's horrible. Jokes they're, on them. They're lost. It's a great, <laughs> yeah. great show. Yeah. Please go check it out. It's going to be, uh, it's going to have its last season uh, next year. January 7th, I think, yeah. is the premiere date. So keep your eyes peeled for that show. Well, with that said, we wanted to keep it short and light uh, due to, uh, you know, being a weekday, but we also wanted to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful time, no matter where you are, what you're up to. And uh, anything else you want to add? Um, Just subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps us out a lot. Um, Send us an email if you want. Like I said earlier, ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. And have a happy Thanksgiving. Much love to you guys. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.